Hello and welcome to JG Ministries Bible Study. I'm Jeffrey, minister and chaplain with JG Ministries, and I'm glad to have you listening today. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and you'll receive notifications every time there's a new podcast. Now in our Bible study, we are studying the book of Luke. So far, we've learned of the birth of John the Baptist and of Jesus. Now we're going to learn about the circumcision and dedication of our Lord and Savior. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to chapter 2, and let's begin with verse 13. Let's get started. Verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who had heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. In verses 13 and 14, suddenly a multitude of the heavenly host appeared praising God. The word suddenly often describes the unexpected nature of God's acts, especially the eschatological events. Eschatological is a term that refers to the last things, such as death, judgment, and the final destiny of the soul of the human. Now, the heavenly host refers here to an army or a band of angels, and their doxology, glory to God in the highest, is the climax of the story. Their song, known generally today by the title Gloria in Excelsis Deo, catches us up the full significance of the birth of the baby Jesus. Now, this song has two parts, which relate to heaven and to earth, respectively. His ministry and life would bring glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth, goodwill towards men, or perhaps to men in whom he is well-pleased. The men in whom God is well-pleased are those who repent of their sins and receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, the word peace here is that which the Messiah brings to those on whom Jesus healed or forgave on the basis of their faith. So in verses 15 through 19, when the angels had gone away, the shepherds, with a heightened sense of excitement and determination, they hurried and rushed off to Bethlehem to find Mary, Joseph, and the baby, and the baby lying in a manger. They gave a complete report of the angels' visit, which caused considerable surprise among all those who had gathered there in the stable. The shepherds spread the word had became the first evangelist of the Christian era. And Luke's observation that those who heard the shepherds were marveled or amazed, which is the first of his many comments on the enthusiasm 
the enthusiastic response to the Masonic proclamation. Now, in contrast to the overaction of the people, Mary had a deeper understanding of what was going on. Mary meditates on the meaning of all this, and she treasures all these things, and she knowingly ponders them in her heart. And then the shepherds in verse 20, they return to their flocks. They're overjoyed at all that they've heard and all that they've seen. And they have this overflowing in their worship of God. They return to glorifying and praising God. It's clear that in Luke, this spirit of doxology is a proper response to the mighty words of God. Now let's go back to our scripture reading Back to our Bible, and let's go back to verse 21, and let's read a little further. We're going to start getting into the circumcision of Jesus and his presentation and dedication to God. So verse 21, And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now, when the days of purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of of turtle doves or two young pigeons. I'm going to stop there real quick here and let's go back to verse 21. The circumcision and dedication of Jesus. It's important to understand the sequence and the background of these events. We have at least three different rituals that are described in this passage. The first one is the circumcision of Jesus. Now, this took place when he was eight days old, because according to Jewish law, a male child was to be circumcised after eight days of birth. It was a token of the covenant that God made with Abraham. Secondly, we have the ceremony was concerned with the purification of Mary. Now, again, according to Jewish law, a woman became ceremonially unclean on the birth of a child. It took place 40 days after the birth of Jesus. Now, at the conclusion of this period, the mother offered a sacrifice. Ordinarily, parents were supposed to bring a lamb for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering. But in the case of the poor, they were permitted to bring a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, the fact that Mary brought no lamb but only two young pigeons is a reflection of the poverty into which Jesus was born. Perhaps this helped Jesus identify with the poor of the land. And thirdly, on the same day, the child was to be named. And again, this is according to the Jewish customs at the time. The angel had previously instructed Mary and Joseph to call the baby Jesus. And of course, this is our third ritual. The presentation of Jesus at the temple in Jerusalem. Now, originally, God had decreed that the firstborn son belonged to him. The first son was to be presented to the Lord, and then the parents were permitted 
so to speak, to buy back the baby with an offering. Now, this they did when they dedicated him to the Lord. Also, in addition, Luke combines the performance of the Old Testament obligations, these customs, into this single narrative that shows how Jesus was reared in conformity with them. His parents obeyed the Lord in naming him Jesus. Now back to Scripture. Let's go back to verse 25 again, and let's read a little further. Because now we're going to get into two main characters of this point. Simon and Anna. So verse 25 begins, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. I'm going to stop there for a moment and back up to verse 25. Luke is going to present two pious figures who testify to the significance of Jesus. Now, once again, Luke assures us of the credentials of Jesus as Messiah, taking care to show that each one of these witnesses is an authentic representation or representative of Judaism. Now, the first one we have read about, he is Simon, and Simon was one of the godly remnants of Jews who was waiting for the coming of the Messiah. He is simply described as just or, uh, or righteous and devout. It is appropriate that the Holy Spirit, who is the consoler, was upon one who waited upon the consolation. The Spirit was upon Simon. The time when God would end Israel's suffering with the advent of the Messiah. So in verses 26 through 28, it was revealed to Simon by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before seeing the Messiah. Now, this may imply, and I think it fairly well does, that he was an old man at this time. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. There is a mysterious communication, a divine knowledge to those who walk in quiet, contemplative fellowship with God. Now, Mary and Joseph are referred to as Jesus's parents, and we'll see as time goes as the child's father and mother. Jesus would have been considered Joseph's own son, so Luke's terminology is not inconsistent. In the genealogy, however, the particulars of the relationship had to be made more explicit. Now, Luke notes the provincial timing in that the Spirit brings Simon to the temple courts at the same time as Jesus' parents were presenting him to God. 
In this touching scene, Luke again shows the presence of Jesus now in Simon's arms as an occasion of praise to God. Taking Jesus in his arms, Simon uttered the memorial song that's now known as the Song of Simon or the Noctimitus, which means now let depart. Now, in verses 29 through 32, Simon's psalm begins by emphasizing the fact that the Messiah has indeed come. So I want to stop and I want to go back and take a look at verses 29 through 35, if time permits. In verse 29, it begins, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken to him. Then Simon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now I wanted to go over Simon's psalm again so that we can bring out finer points of it. The burden of the song is as follows. Lord, now you are letting me depart in peace. I have seen the, your salvation in the person of this baby, the promised Redeemer, as you promised me. You ordained him to provide salvation for all classes of people. He will be a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, which is the first advent, and to shine in glory on your people Israel, which will be the set, his second advent. Simon was prepared to die after he met the Lord Jesus. The sting of death was gone. Now what I did there was I kind of paraphrased Simon's song into a language a little more understandable. That's why I wanted to go back and reread those verses and then follow up with this cliff note, if you will. Now in verses 33 and 35, in spite of what they already know, Joseph and Mary are amazed at Simon's song. But look carefully guards or Luke carefully guards the doctrine of the virgin birth with his precisely worded Joseph and his mother. Now, after his initial outburst of praise to God for the Messiah, Simon blessed the parents and then spoke prophetically to Mary. Now, there's going to be four parts to his prophecy, but I want to save that for next time because it can get a little more in-depth. And then afterwards, we will visit about the prophetess Anna, who will be the second major figure in this section. So until next time. God bless you, and keep living Christian strong.